Our sponsor today on Drinking with Authors is Skunk Brothers Spirits. Skunk Brothers Spirits was started by a family of disabled veterans focused on locally sourced quality distilled spirits. Their name was inspired by their pops, who was nicknamed Skunk. Skunk's father was a moonshiner in Oregon back when it wasn't exactly legal. Now the brothers are taking the family business legal with their Washington-based team using their grandfather's Prohibition-era moonshine recipe to bring small batch spirits to the gorge and beyond. From the moonshine corn whiskey to the apple pie brandy, all of their spirits are handmade in Washington. Believing they already have the best ingredients in the local community, they work with local farmers and suppliers to produce the highest quality spirits from scratch. You can find them on Facebook at Skunk Brothers and on Twitter at Skunk Bros Inc. Or visit their site www.skunkbrothersspirits.com and use coupon code DWA10 at checkout to read 10% off your order. You can always also ask your local retailer to start stocking Skunk Brother Spirits. Regardless of how you get your hands on a bottle or two, grab a drink and don't forget to get skunked. This podcast contains potentially adult language, adult themes, definitely drinking, and possibly sexual context. Listener discretion is advised. interested in being our underwear sponsor for living our, our underwear sponsor we would appreciate we'll wear I them would all- <laughs> absolutely wear dwa branded boxers i'm just saying we're gonna make that happen so i can have authors i'll just send it to them like you have to post this on your instagram <laughs> oh i love my life okay let's um oh so i'm your host erica lance i'm totally out of sequence here it's fine um my co-host today is valerie willis and our amazing guest is the phenomenal Rick Hines. So, hello, hello. Okay, let's talk about what we're drinking. So, I am drinking Whiskey Road, which is from Skunk Brothers Spirits, who's our sponsor. This is straight bourbon whiskey. It's in the Founders Club. I, I apparently am a founder because this is out of batch one, barrel one, bottle 97. There are 96 people who are cooler than me, but I feel I'm in the top 100, <laughs> so that counts for something. It's kind of amazing. And I'm drinking out of a cup that was given to me by somebody for Christmas that didn't put their name on it. It's Bram Stoker Dracula cup, but they didn't put anyway. Thank you. Whoever the fuck did that. So, okay, Val, what are you drinking? Uh, I'm, I'm almost done with, what was it? I lost my paper and my little No, bottles. you need more tiny bottles of alcohol. I, I, it's peppermint mocha latte made with tiny bottle of espresso vodka chocolate liquor and peppermint schnapps is it chocolate liqueur yes <laughs> i can't read <laughs> i see that you definitely should be drinking more i think that's a good idea rick what are you drinking i'm drinking uh tequila respondo which is a 1921 crazy ass tequila that i bought in mexico mixed with a crazy old-fashioned uh style thing of uh, orange bitters with cinnamon to basically make a tequila cinnamon old-fashioned 
that sounds amazing. I did something earlier today, which I was like, why the frick have I not done this before? Is I actually got the cinnamon out of my cabinet and put it next to my coffee. When I put creamer in my coffee, I put cinnamon and a little bit of honey. And I was like, why have I not fucking done okay. this before? So on a coffee note, coffee, right, uh, lifeblood of writers, uh, Put a yeah. splash of salt and a splash of cinnamon with fresh, uh, like fresh ground beans in a French press. Oh, chef's kiss, divine. Oh my god, I'm gonna have to try the salt part. I've never done that, but I was like, why have I not done this with my cup? And then I took the cup upstairs, and my boyfriend was like, what was in this? <laughs> like a boss. Okay, I realized since this is your second time on our podcast, we have normal questions we ask. But I have new questions for you. Hit me. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. So what are you surprised now that I had new questions this year? <laughs> no. Okay. You're so organized compared to me. <laughs> it's wonderful. This is why you're in charge. Yes. <laughs> I, nobody should put me in charge of things. Okay. So the first question is, what was the favorite book you read this last year? 2021. What was the best book you read? 2021. Um the favorite last book I read, 2021, you know, I'm going to give it to the 80% solution. Um, I uh, started it in 2021. I finished it in 2022 because otherwise, if I have to count another book, it's game books because that's the world I was in. And that's very different. So the 80% solution uh, is my favorite book that I read. It's a, uh, a tale of how a cyberpunk shadow run small conglomerate can destroy a corporation by only destroying 80% of their assets. So if you like shadow run and you like the idea of like those mega corps and how you take one down, it explores that. Very cool. Okay. You're a gamer. So do you have a set of dice that is your like dice like they are the dice are you oh. one of these people like me that has a ridiculous bag of dice no i have a set of dice now i have metal dice from the red opera right i have a set of 4d10 metal warlock dice that we handmade but i have a dice that has slayed children and Ooh. this is far more important to me this motherfucking regular d20 dice has killed more kids than any other dice on the planet and okay. with this and we're dice we're talking about in gameplay so anybody listening do not show up at rick's house thinking that you found yeah. a child yeah yeah no <laughs> in, 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 in the d20 and gaming sense this is the dice that rolls natural 20s in specific at a local game store in the right hand chair um this dice is the dice that the kids will steal from me. It has been a mean dice for the past five years oh, um, that they will borrow, find a way. They will buy me coffee to distract me, to steal this dice. And this dice rolls natural 20s for them. And it rolls natural 20s for me until the critical saving throw when it will roll a natural one and my villains will be turned to stone. Oh. Um, but this die is my like kid slayer GM die of, oh, you think you're cheeky. No. <laughs> um, and so that is, that is my die. So I have 
a mountain of dice. But dice have stories, right? Some dice are good dice. Some dice are bad dice. They go into the dice shame box or they go into the, you know, you're, you're in a thing. But this die, this guy's a legendary die. See, that would be a great gaming horror story if, if you talked about somebody accumulating bad mojo from putting their dice in a dice bucket of shame. Oh my God, I'm right, making a note. That yeah, you got a good idea right there. That's all yours. I can't, I can't take that. That's, uh, that's a great idea. A short story collection because uh, you need to do another scary story collection, Erica. It should be all game-related, nerd-related stories. Seriously, okay. Lit RPGs are a thing. Listen that, listen that. We're doing, we're doing things. Look at us creating. See, this is how I get my ideas. I'm like, look at this situation. How can I totally fuck it up? I know how I can fuck it up. I still can't believe how badly you got so far in Ten Candles. Like, <laughs> you manipulated everybody Everyone. else at the table to die before you. Yeah, um, yeah. Why, why you, you're not interacting with me a lot, Rick. So <laughs> when you have, you'll realize that that's not just a gaming personality. No, no, that's that's. <laughs> I loved every bit of that. I wish that we were local enough to play in a regular campaign together. Oh my God, we'd love that. We actually play in a regular campaign when Dan Wells runs us as a GM, and it's okay. the One Ring. And we've been playing yep. for over a year now with him, which has been fun. Crazy. But it was very funny today. So I play an elven character whose entire goal is to prove that the shadow is coming back. The bad guys are coming back for those listening. And she's gone through great lengths to prove this because most people don't believe her. In this last gaming session, one of the um, humans was like, hey, I find myself getting really upset and mad. And I feel like I'm really close to the shadow. And I don't know what to do. And my character, this is my character's personality. She's like, yeah, well, um, if you continue to do that, that's you going to the shadow, which doesn't surprise me since most humans can't control themselves and I'll have to kill you. And she got up and walked away. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, Dan Wells and I picked up in one small like uh, convention that like, oh, I didn't know that you were big into RPGs and storytelling. And he was like, I didn't know that you were either. I didn't know you were into League of Legends. I didn't know you were either. We have a lot in common, don't we? Common. <laughs> um, oh. Yeah, no, absolutely. He is so, anyway, it was very funny because everybody was just sitting there and I'm like, I went, what do you expect my character to do? She's a fucking elf and he's coming saying how he's turning into shadow. She's going to be like, cool. Don't make me kill you. Get over yourself. If I, 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 I will promise this real quick. If you guys are ever at a convention that I am also at, we will get together with fucking 10 candles. Yes. And we will continue part two of that story with drinks in a spooky place I'm at nighttime. Um, with the actual atmosphere that you're supposed to have. Well, we're supposed to be at Dragon Con, so we'll see you there. I'll bring the candles. No problem. At Atlanta has plenty of cemeteries. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, my goodness. I love this. Okay. Next question. And then, Val, you're going to have to ask a question, so think about it. I'm giving you advance warning. What is your favorite 
book to movie or TV series? Battle Angel Lita. No questions about it. Battle Angel Lita is one of my favorite mangas. I literally have every single Battle Angel Lita manga. Uh, cyberpunk is my like genre. I grew up on this. Um, I have every freaking manga, um, like the original art. I have the tattoo of Lita on my back from the first cover of the thing. The cyberpunk genre is something that I grew up on and I found this series. It was there. And when they made the Battle Angel Alita movie, it was one of the biggest and most true anime adaptions to a live action series that actually played proper tribute to the original source material all the way through. And if you haven't read the manga series Battle Angel Alita, it is, I don't know. If you like cyberpunk, I love it. It is fantastic, but that is that is one of my things. Um, the other would probably be Helsing. I have a lot of rants about Wheel of Time because I think last time I was on this podcast, I had to confess that Wheel of Time was my favorite book series as a kid, and I just watched the Amazon Wheel of Time series, and I have thoughts. Do you have as many thoughts as you did about the movie they decided to make? The what? Movie. The movie for the Wheel of Time movie. They made a Wheel of Time movie. Are they Wait. going to? Wait, hold on. Come on, Erica. No, the other one. I'm thinking of the other thing, not Wheel of Time. What am I thinking of? The one with Oprah Winfrey. What the fuck was that? Ripple in time. Ripple in time. Yeah, that's. Yeah, no, I don't have any thoughts about that. <laughs> so I started watching the Wheel of Time series too. And they made it. They made it. And it's on Amazon. Hey, uh, you know, I will say that, you know, Robert Jordan, George R. R. Martin, and Brandon Sanderson have inspired me in one aspect as a writer. Every book I write will always be a standalone tale in case I decide to not finish, the book series has its end. Because I, as a 14-year-old kid, I loved Wheel of Time. It is my favorite book series to date. I still love it. Brandon Sanderson did an amazing job finishing it. Um, I actually love the end of everything. And I watched the Amazon series and I am perfectly okay with adaptations. I am not somebody who is like, oh, how dare somebody change something for an adaptation. I love many of the changes that made the diversity, the inclusion, the different actor casting, um, the way that they made the story about the story about Moriane more than Rand and the various dragons. All of that was freaking awesome. But I am hoping for season two. And I am hopeful because I am not out. I'm not like I am never going to watch the rest of Wheel of Time on Amazon. But man, come on, guys. It doesn't need to be Game of Thrones. All right. Wheel of Time is a lighthearted, fun, coming of age story where characters or our kids start off and grow eventually dark throughout the rest of the freaking 14 novels in the damn series. You don't need to start off at Game of Thrones level darkness. You could... No have some fun with it before that happens 
No, that's true. That's very true. I have to say that um, when I was watching it, one of the things I thought was interesting, though, was um, they didn't, I, I didn't feel like they, they gave um, the backstory kind of enough understanding for if you've never read the books, like you read the books, but if you've oh. never read the books, there was some parts where I was like, this is just going to be fucking confusing. Like it doesn't make sense. Yeah, they, they, they skipped ahead. I mean, the entire first season of Wheel of Time on Amazon covers, arguably, it's even dipping into later books, right? It's not even touching there, which is why when you ask me my favorite book to like live action adaption, it's Battle Angel Lita, right? They, Robert Rodriguez and James Cameron are big battle angel Alita fans and there are shots in the in the live action movie that are like straight up from the manga um and dialogue options even being the same it is you know we see yeah everybody can say what they will about ghost in the shell and roll their eyes about it and like kira will might someday be made but it might never freaking be made um you know, these adaptations of Japanese media, Battle Angel Lita actually played it true. So what about one that you are like, this was fucking terrible. They should have never done this. They screwed up. Now I'll say this as a, a caveat to that. One of the other co-hosts that I have, her name is C.R. Rice, said right. something that I've actually taken completely to heart is she treats any adaptation as if it is fan fiction. So she doesn't look at it like it's supposed to mimic the book or mimic, you know, the uh, manga or the comic. She goes, whatever they're producing, it's fan fiction. And so when she looks at stuff, she goes, I'm looking at it as if it was fan fiction written about. That doesn't mean there aren't still some terrible fucking adaptations, oh, right? No. Uh, but uh, it does take it out of they don't have to follow this book exactly because it's a fan fiction version of this book. I it's can go with that. It's easing my my stuff in my mind about some of this stuff. But what is one that you're like, this should never have fucking been made? Okay. So is there any time limit on this? Because I have two no, minutes. In. No, no. There's well, okay. there's I mean, we have about 30 minutes. Knock yourself out. Netflix death note. What oh god. The hell oh, Netflix. So All right. The the in Japan, and I've learned a ton about Japanese publishing and copyright laws um, recently, and this whole idea about fan fiction being published is exactly why they are afraid of Netflix adaptation of something like Netflix. Um, the concept of Japanese moral rights um, and it having to be approved by the creator that what the hell, Netflix? Death Note was nothing at all like the original there was the netflix or there was the japanese manga series there was the japanese anime there was the freaking three or four japanese spins off even l saves the world right like these small cult movies that all have their own endings and then here comes death note america what um, completely mince, misses the point of 
this uh, cat and mouse game between somebody who's trying to reform the world with a superpower, right? What would you do with magic powers? A concept that is so close to my heart um, as an author. If you had the power to change the world, what would you do with it? And there's light, right? Kira, like doing his thing. And L, you don't have the power, but you're trying to fix things and put things back. That movie botched that entirely. So that is one of my most hated adaptations in existence ever. Okay. Um, the other is everything after the sequel to The Crow. So I am a big, giant James O'Barr Crow fanatic. And I am that person who grew up wearing to school, right? There are pictures of me on the internet of me dressed as the Crow, right? In high school, going around, doing my thing with the trench coats as a young teen when that movie first came out. And I watched the sequel to The Crow. Actually, I liked the sequel. I Iggy Pop was fine in it. That was that was fine. But I'm also the person that watched three, four, five, the series. Yeah. Um, what, do you, what do you think about the new one coming out? Actually, I have hope. And this is one of my like odd things about spinoffs is people think a lot of fandoms think that spinoffs are inherently bad. I think you just have to find the right people who aren't looking to cash in on something that want to pay tribute to the concepts of the original medium. And I agree with you. The I think that the next one coming out, it's going to be different. It's not going to be the same crow, right? And you never can. Brandon Lee brought his own role to that. And even the sequel to The Crow with Iggy Pop and those actors carried on that same storyline and it was different and it was fine. Um, the rest were kind of trying to, it's felt like to me as a fan who had read a lot of the graphic novels and a lot of James O'Barr comics, that that was dipping into, hey, exploitation territory. And so, I think that the next one coming out, if it's ever made, the amount of times that series has been promised to be rebooted, recast, redone, they're trying to find people who actually want to bring forth some of the tales of love and tragedy. Because that The Crow is a love story. At its heart, that's what it is. And they're trying to play true to that. So I'm actually very excited. Um, I would love for the crow to be brought back to a new fandom, right? To learn that dark, tragic, romantic, poetic love story of somebody who's willing to come back from the dead to set his lover's wrongs right. I like it. I like it. Okay, Val, what's your question? He mentions vampires a lot. So what's your favorite vampire franchise or world? Boom. Ooh. Um, the Seventh Age series? <laughs> um, wow. No. 
Wow. Uh, completely considered. Yeah, shameless self respect. No. Um, my, my, Erica loves moments like that because she teaches a lot of uh, webinars and stuff on shameless promotion. Hence the reason he's going to have his fucking website done here shortly. Right. Um, No, I mean, like, I. So I'm an occultist and I like the idea of this human legend of ravenous right which is what ultimately actually bore my whole like spinoff of vampires you eat somebody else's heart you become something more you eat a demon's heart you become something more but if i had to go popular media what is my favorite identification of vampires helsing helsing and helsing ultimate playing into that just badass classic like look i'm a fucking immortal and team four star with their crazy parody of you know housing ultimate just you're an immortal you're a badass life to you is different i would love to see a media explore the idea of a creature that has lived for um let's say you live for uh your human lifespan you have a best friend they're great but you're immortal you live on they die you go on for the next one um you you live 200 years your human friend is like a child to you or perhaps somebody that you're still close with but they die you live 300 years at that point your human friends might start becoming more like a good dog or a companion or a a good furry child that you give pets and you still love and you care for but you know you're going to live beyond them 400 years 500 years 600 years to the point where the people that you're making connections with are like goldfish or eventually even ants. And that dichotomy of psychology between what it means to be an immortal when everybody else around you is a, a fascinating concept to me. And I do actually like to play with that. Like, where are you in the age bracket? Have you lived for you know, 2000 years and seeing 20 generations of humans. At this point, you're like hamsters. Um, you know, like that's. It's true you say that. Yeah. It's funny though, because I had a take, and I, this is another one of my notes to maybe eventually get to as a book. But something that happened in an interview with the vampire re- spawned this for me, which was when Armand decided he wanted to, Louis, like when he decided he needed a relationship with Louis, right? Um, the huge reason he wanted a relationship with Louis was so that he could get up to date on what was happening. Because to your point that people might become less and less, if you think about how quickly you can get out of sync with technology and how quickly you could get out of date with life and not be able to function. So like, I know I'm going to make this parody, but just go with me on this. Um, In, in um, Twilight, the last book right it talks about and i only had this because my friend brandy bought me the series but there are two russian vampires that talk about how they sat for a long time and sort of petrified because they sat for a very long time right if you think about how you'd have to survive as an immortal i don't care because money blah 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 how you would survive because you can't you can't be somebody from 200 years ago and just jump in and function in today's society so taking what you just said, the, I, I'm just, this is the whiskey talking, but you almost 
unless you wanted to not survive and go live on a mountain and live in the wilderness and almost become feral yourself, you would have to treat people as people because you need them. Yeah, I agree entirely. And I have so much freaking fun exploring that entire concept of you're this ancient Illuminati-esque organization that's had magic for centuries what do you do in the modern day? And also there's this movie that also did it called Prophecy. Total call classic. Christopher uh, Walken was in yeah, it. it was yes. Yeah, yes. yes. He had to get somebody to show him how to use DOS. He animated her back from the dead. And I freaking love that. Um, just to teach him how to use a computer. Or not even teach him. To do it for him. Um, and one thing that I didn't realize um, as a writer that became a fan favorite character was the character in my series called Delilah, who started off as the secretary for the ancient vampire who had her own ambitions and in like the sequel goes on and continues to like further those ambitions away from him. Um, But that concept of like you Imagine trying to explain to a thousand-year-old entity Bitcoin. <laughs> well, and that's the point is like, look where we progress. So using cash, not that you can't get things with cash and there's all kinds of things you could do, but like, I don't know about you guys. I don't have a checkbook. I don't have checks. When somebody goes, I need you to write a check. I'm like, mm, how do I? I can send you one through my bank. Like, do you have Venmo? Do you have PayPal? Do you have, you know, like, do you have Zelle? So imagine you're trying to do something and a place only takes cards. There's so many signs in businesses now that say, if you don't have exact change, you need to pay with a card. And Because they don't have change. The cyberpunk in me is going to say by 2045, or even the transhumanist who like follows all kinds of crazy, like, hey, we're going to do all kinds of crazy science and do CRISPR and gene editing and all this other stuff. Who the hell knows what we're going to look like in 20, 30 years, right? That's what's fascinating about that is you have, at that point, it becomes the, the story of tradition, of ancient tradition versus an accelerating exponential growth and that's a cool story dynamic so helsing i like it because you have this ancient freaking vampire bound to somebody who's trying to keep the world going also it's a great freaking series Um, Carter just thinks it's a fun game (laughs) yeah he's like he's like he's like how can i fuck with everyone while i'm here yeah, I'm the most powerful person here. I have the power, but that is the concept that has been played among every single people that explore immortality has been boredom. How do you ease your boredom? And even in Helsing, Alucard is like, yeah, I'm bored. I'm just going to do this for fun. Yeah. Um, like, pretend- I'm... I'm yeah. going to have I, th- I think that's the whole point of what is what is death and it's not stake through the heart it's not anything like that death is being unable to survive in being unable to live yeah I have 
I actually have my whole idea for a seventh age role-playing game of what that would be structured around using immortals over uh, a thousand years of darkness to lead you up to the point where it's like you build your character as if you were a god, but then you go back and how does that change throughout the ages? And so like i have a plan yes i know where i'm going um but my other favorite vampire series that is probably more widely recognized i'm a fucking lost boys fan oh i love lost boys yes. um, Are you, like, what about the fact that the new lost boys dude awesome yes because they're gonna do it right. right the people like i we just talked about this with the crow um we are like I know that people are going to respin media, and the problem is in Hollywood with creatives, particularly as a bunch of small creatives here. We know that they're going to overlook us, right? We don't exist to them, um, and they're just going to rehash the same media and the same ideas again and again and again. But there is a nostalgia that they sell to, and if they have people that are if they invited me to say hey rick hey erica hey val come work on lost boys we would all be like hell yes we're gonna do this right right yes agreed. because concepts and stories do pass down generation to generation um and that is always the same tale right like we Lost Boys coming back and being retold, the cast and the people behind it are trying to make the lo best Lost Boys they can re-updated. I just watched the Vampire Hunter D our original like anime mm -hmm. that was like released in 1983. Yeah. And all right, it was one of the first animes that came out around that time especially the western audiences bloodlust is way better um you know the artwork the animation the story the lore and things that are there but that's an adaptation that is at this point over 22 years old i know it's crazy right so <sighs> at some point you gotta respin a new story and retell it and add new things and that's okay uh so I don't know. I'm I'm not one of the salty fanboys that is like you're never allowed to touch an original property. Like, like please do bring it to new people because like nerddom should be accessible for all. I I agree. I agree. I I I'm I'm hopeful. I'm very hopeful on all these things and then hate it when like what they did with Heathers that I'm sorely fucking disappointed. What wait, 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 wait. No, 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 no. We need to stop right there. Did they remake Heathers? They did a TV show it? with Heathers, and the lead Heather was played by a boy. And I'm nothing against that. They just didn't do it well. And it didn't last. So anyway, I, I'll, I'll leave it with that because we have to wrap up this podcast. Otherwise, my producer will kill me. So uh, Rick, how do people find your stuff? How do people find your books, your games, everything? What would be the best place for them to go? So uh, at Cranky Bolt, uh, literally Cranky Bolt, as in like 
turning a, a cranky bolt. I like the bolt on the Titanic. Yeah, right. So uh, a cranky bolt or Rick Hines on the internet, uh, like the ketchup bottle, will land you somewhere to the Red Opera, Last Days of the Warlock, the Lendy to Diamorte's website, uh, my novel series, The Seventh Age, which the official pitch is the Illuminati, the Masons, and other secret societies have had magic for centuries. And what happens when a bunch of anarchists find the ability to give this magic to everybody in the world? Special abilities and powers can be yours. All you have to do is kill a demon and eat its heart, and nothing can possibly go wrong. <laughs> and it is amazing as freaking with the authors will So, very, very cool. Rick, thank you so much for being on the podcast with us again. I really appreciate you being here. Yes, uh, thank you for having me. Like I said, you guys saved my life in Mexico, so I <laughs> totally agree. Next.